Good morning, friends, and uh, um, this is Barry Cox again, and um, as we've started our study of discerning our times, I um, appreciate having the opportunity to share with you, and uh, I'm grateful for God's encouragement to, uh, to share with you. And so today, as we begin our study of, of uh, discerning our times, you know, I feel important just to kind of share with you how I seek to do a, a Bible study. Um, my focus is, is to just let Scripture comment on Scripture. And so, so we're going to look at a lot of different Scriptures today. And... I'll list all the references in kind of the the introduction to the podcast, and so that you can go back and study them for yourself. You know, I encourage you all to be like the Bereans, as Paul described them in Acts. That you know they didn't just accept what he said, but they went and studied the scriptures for themselves to see if they were really true. So I encourage you to do that as well as you as you share this time with me, and so. <clears throat> so as we're seeking to discern our times, kind of this this topic is is I've kind of titled this uh, "Begin with the End in Mind," and you know that that phrase basically kind of came from you know Stephen Covey made that famous by in his great book "The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People," but but. You know, as we think about the the end times, what is the ultimate end, and that's kind of what we're we're seeking to discern today. And so, so we'll start out in um, Matthew chapter twenty four, verse three. Jesus's disciples ask him, "What will be the sign of your coming, and of the end of the age?" So, this passage is going to shape our direction and our approach. You know the context of this the this question that disciples ask is Jesus and the disciples have have been at the temple and they've just come out and so so they're like wow Jesus look how awesome this building is isn't it awesome look at these massive stones and all that kind of stuff and so Jesus then then just says to them an amazing thing he he, he predicts with amazing accuracy that the temple is going to be destroyed and of course. In 70 AD, the Romans did destroy it, you know, probably maybe whatever, 30-something years after this conversation. And so now, you know, and if you notice the question here, what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? The disciples are really equating, you know, Jesus' coming, Jesus' second coming with the end of the age. You know, so, so kind of in effect, their question could be thought of as how will we discern your second coming is going to be near and how, and, and how will we discern that it's that your second coming is really coming soon. And so, um, as we look at this, maybe it would be good to just soberly realize that most religious folks of Jesus's day, did not discern his first coming clearly at all. You know, in fact, you know, he he rebuked them and kind of got on them and said, you know, hey, you can look at the sky and, the, you know, decide what the weather's going to be like, 
discern how what the le- weather is going to be like, but you you know you not you don't realize you know that hey, I'm the Messiah and I'm here to be the Savior of the world, and so um, so just that is a. Uh, as we're seeking to discern our times, you know, our ultimate objective is to just say, say, all right, what's happening in our day and just consider those things and see if they really are signs of Jesus's second coming. And so, so, you know, as we're looking at this, let's look at some scripture that just really describe what the end times are ultimately about. And so, so this is uh, this passage is Acts chapter one, verses six through 11. So Acts 1, verse 6. So when the disciples were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Verse 10, as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. And so so obviously they're saying, hey, look, Jesus is going to return same way you see him ascending into heaven now. Now, Daniel 7 gives an interesting insight into this to Jesus' first ascension. And, uh, and so Daniel 7, verse 13. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. So this is an interesting insight, you know, that Daniel's given. You know, so here's Jesus as he ascended into heaven, this is his actually returning to the Father. So verse 14, he was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. But in the end, the holy people of the Most High will be given the kingdom and they will rule forever and ever. So amazing thing here, you know, I mean, the ultimate, you know, so Jesus is ascended to heaven. And so now he's going to, you know, you know, in Revelation eleven fifteen, now is just saying, all right, what's going to happen as Jesus returns? So just the inside of art, what is, what is the ultimate end here? So verse 15 of Revelation 11, then the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices shouting in heaven. The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Verse 16, the 24 elders sitting on their thrones before God fell with their faces to the ground and worshiped him. And they said, we give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is, who always was. For now you have assumed your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were filled with wrath, but now the time of your wrath has come. It is time to judge the dead and reward your servants, the prophets, as well as your holy people and all who fear your name from the least to the greatest. It is time to destroy all who have caused destruction on the earth. So 
So this is describing, you know, what, you know, the end times, obviously. So Jesus' first coming was, I'm going to purchase your salvation. Uh, I have come to give my body as an atoning sacrifice. And then, but then, as we see clearly here in Revelation 11, Jesus' second coming, he's coming back, not as the Savior, not as the, not as the sacrifice lamb, but, but he's coming as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and ultimately also as judge. And so Daniel 11 and uh, Daniel chapters 11 and 12 also gives some great insight into what's happening, what the, what, as we begin and end with the end in mind, what's ultimately taking place. And so, <clears throat> and, you know, Daniel has a lot of stuff about the, the end times. And so, they, so, so these, these verses, I think, will give us some insight. And, and chapter 11, in particular, describes a, a time of great conflict. And it's, there's this earthly kingdom that's, that's taken over. So Daniel 11, verse 36 says this, the, This king will do as he pleases, exalting himself and claiming to be greater than every god. Even blaspheming the God of gods, he will succeed, but only until the time of wrath is completed, for what has been determined will surely take place. Then we go to, ver to chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, Michael the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Verse 4. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end when many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase. And so, and, you know, boy, wow. Is, have we ever been in a time where there's more knowledge increasing and people rushing to and fro on the earth and all that? We're going to discuss those things more later. So then Daniel describes in verse 5, <clears throat> a conversation between two angels that gives a, an amazing, sobering insight into the, uh, the whole perspective that we perhaps should have as we think about discerning our times and considering whether these are indeed the end times. So Daniel says, um, then I, Daniel, looked and saw two others standing on opposite banks of the river. These are the angels, right? Verse 6. One of them asked the man dressed in linen who was now standing above the river, how long will it be until these shocking events are over? The man dressed in linen who was standing above the river raised both his hands toward heaven and took a solemn oath by the one who lives forever, saying, It will go on for a time, times, and half a time. When the shattering of the holy people has finally come to an end, all these things will have happened. Verse 8. When I heard what he said, I heard what he said, but I did not understand what he meant. So I asked, how will all this finally end, my Lord? That's Daniel speaking, of course. Then verse 9, the angel answers and said, but he said, go now, Daniel, for, I, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials, 
but the wicked will continue in their wickedness and none of them will understand. Now, having said that, as we look at these scriptures, I think we've got to acknowledge a, re a reality of that, that we have to clearly bear in mind as we think about the end times. No one knows exactly what's going to happen or when. And many people, there's been all kinds of stuff written. There's been all kinds of things said that have almost been embarrassingly wrong. And so to, our objective in doing this study is to just look at Scripture and, and not just speculate about this and that and the other. What is Scripture telling us? And so, so, so you know, and as, as, the, as uh, verse 10 or 9 ends here, for, actually it's in verse 10, the wicked will continue in their wickedness and none of them will understand. But here's some hope for us. Daniel gives us some encouraging words. In, in verse, it's the last part of verse 10. Only those who are wise will know what it means. The New American Standard puts it this way. None of the wicked will understand, but those who have insight will understand. So, so again, as we're thinking about the end times and we're beginning here with the end in mind, Scripture gives us some encouragement. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, we won't know the, the day or the hour. We, there's many things that have been said that were, have, have been confusing and wrong. But our objective our hope is that we will be among those who will have insight and will understand. And so, so I, I love 1 Corinthians one thirty. It's kind of like my life verse in some ways. It says, of his doing, speaking of God, of God the Father's doing, we are in Christ Jesus. And Jesus has been made to us wisdom. And so, so as we're looking at the end times, let us, let us be, see ourselves as in Christ Jesus. You know, I love that concept. It's, it's great to think of, you know, Jesus is in my heart. You know, we ask Jesus in our heart, we're saved and all that kind of stuff. But scripture also describes us as being in Christ. And as, as, and I love that, 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 uh, that, just that that way of thinking of ourselves instead of thinking of ourselves of just well Jesus is in my heart and it's about me it's it's I am in Jesus and it's about him and so so as we have this insight you know Jesus we are in Christ Jesus and Jesus has been made unto us wisdom so as we're as we're seeking to discern our times here we need to trust him to bear wisdom and trust him to give us the insight that we need and just hold on to this promise that those who have insight will understand and will be able to discern our times. And so that's kind of the heart of what we're looking at here at this point. And so, so as, as we conclude this, this, I'm just going to conclude this part here. And we're going to continue on next time and talk about like kingdoms and conflict and and how what's how the, there's a struggle between you know our Jesus's kingdom and the kingdoms of this world and the, and how how our adversary Satan is actually the ruler of this world as he's referred to in Scripture. And so as so so as we as we wrap up this little thought of beginning with the end in mind, 
Let's look at the scriptural very end, so to speak. This is Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his God, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. You know, as, we, as we're facing these times and we're seeking to discern these times, <clears throat> it's so good here to begin with the end in mind. Because what's it all, all ultimately about? God is eventually going to make all things new. And, and no matter how difficult our times are now, how confusing the times are now, no, no matter how much we feel like what is the truth and can we discern the truth, as we begin with the end in mind, then this is ultimately where we're going. God himself is going to, he, you know, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is making everything new. And he's going to, he's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes. And he's going to let there be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. And the old order of things is going to pass away and his kingdom will come. And so that's what we have to think, to look forward to. And that as we, as we discern our times, let us begin with that end in mind. Thank you so much for listening. And next time we'll get into and just discuss a scriptural concept of just our kingdoms in conflict and, and see why Jesus tells us to pray that your kingdom come. So thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.